Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. This episode is brought to you by Budai Media. At Budai Media, we help e-commerce businesses scale beyond eight and nine figure annual revenue with retention marketing and website conversion rate optimization. We help e-commerce businesses get to the next level by increasing their customer lifetime value and website conversion rate. Budai Media helped 100 plus e-commerce stores grow from all over the world in the last three years. If you think you need help with scaling your e-commerce business, let's connect. Email us your questions at contact at thebudaimedia.com. If you want to learn more about this topic or find out more details, go to thebudaimedia.com. Let me spell Budai to make it easier for you. B-U-D-A-I. So again, go to thebudaimedia.com to learn more. Hey everyone, here is Daniel with another episode of our Ecom show. And uh, today I'm here with uh, Chris and Miriam from uh, Salt Lake City. They are the founders of Kato Cho and uh, they have a really interesting story and their uh, brand. So today we will uh, discuss their uh, story and how they could uh, grow this brand. Uh, before we start, um, I want to give a shout out to Harmon Brothers who uh, connected us. So I'm extremely uh, grateful for Emily who connected us. Um, and uh, if you want to check out Harmon Brothers, go to their website, harmonbrothers.com. Uh, they help companies mostly with uh, video marketing. Also, I want to mention that this show is sponsored by Budai Media. And uh, this is an e-commerce uh, retention marketing agency. I'm the founder of the company and uh, we help e-commerce stores scale with retention marketing and website conversion rate optimization. If this sounds interesting to anyone and you want to achieve seven, eight figure levels with your e-commerce store, go to their web, go to our website, thebudaimedia.com and uh, check out how we can help you. And uh, now let's talk, talk about Ketocho. So um, I went to the website before uh, this live stream and I could see that you have 37,000 reviews and a bit more on the website. And... Uh, I was very amazed. Uh, I think not many companies uh, have this many reviews and you also have almost 18,000 YouTube subscribers. So please tell us the story. How did the idea uh, come up year, uh, seven years ago, if I remember correctly? Yeah, it was in uh, 2015 is when it all started. Mm -hmm. You want to kind of tell it? I tend to dominate these conversations, so I, I try to let Miriam talk as much as possible. Yeah. Um, well, Chris wanted to, well, of course, lose some weight, and uh, he wanted to visit the ketogenic lifestyle. So our our product, Keto Chow, is a meal replacement shake um, that is for the ketogenic uh, lifestyle, or, or keto, as people call it. Mm -hmm. And so what that is, is you have higher fat and really low carbs and um moderate protein and so our shake is actually it actually doesn't have any fat in it but you can customize it by adding um, whatever fat you like and the amounts you like because not everybody has the same body size or type or 
anything and so you kind of want to customize it to what uh, works for you so that's that's our our product and chris wanted to to do keto with a shake and so he decided to play around with some different options he found online and he started doing keto with with the shake that he found and it just tasted awful and he's like i can't do this it's horrible there's got to be a better way and he couldn't find one that he liked and so he just made it up so that's kind of how we started yep and it well because i'm i'm the one in charge of formulation um i'm also the one who is eating it a lot and so if you have the person who's in charge of making the stuff taste a certain way in charge of well eating it and all that other stuff it tends to taste really good i guess is another way of saying it uh that's probably one of the reasons why we have so many positive reviews is that's important taste it tastes really good um it tastes like uh, melted ice cream um and along with that we've ended up with a pretty vibrant community of people who well, they're looking for a way to make their keto journey easier as well. And it's it's sometimes difficult to do it alone. And so they're really looking for a community they can connect up with that can help them out. And so we have a, a very active Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have a subreddit as well, which is kind of weird. Uh, most companies don't have one of those, but it all kind of started on Reddit. So we, we still have the presence there. Um, and then the, it's really nice to have the the Facebook group because people are able to help each other out. They ask questions, and usually someone's able to step in mm-hmm. and answer the questions before one of our customer service people can even get in there to look at it. So it's kind of a they help themselves. It's yeah, fantastic. it's really nice. Yeah, very interesting. And you also have the YouTube show. How often do you have uh, live streams there? I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> We live stream every day but Sunday. Uh, we just do like a 15, 20 minutes, sometimes 45 minutes, depending on how long we talk. <laughs> uh, live stream every day at 9.15 Mountain, which is 11.15 okay. Eastern. And then we actually do what we've been doing for years now is a Tuesday night live stream that's like an hour long where we pull different customer questions and different, you know, maybe pain points and then directly uh, address those points with our audience. So that's really helpful for us because then they can give us feedback. Lots of we feedback. can address those things and hopefully we can improve and they can, you know, mm-hmm. feel like they're um they're heard. Yeah. Yeah. And uh how did you get started with the manufacturing process because we are talking about food and um did you just go to a uh, producer of these products or maybe did you just start at home or I just cannot uh, imagine how it got started? Well, so I am a networking and systems engineer. So naturally I got into food. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I was making it for myself. Um, the recipe to make keto chow, the original recipe is it's actually still on our website. Um, it was made using components you could just buy from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something, some things are kind of weird, like um, potassium um, chloride and dimagnesium malate, things like that. Some of that stuff is kind of strange and you have to get it online. Other stuff you can kind of buy locally. But I was 
yeah, I, I, I just was making it from a, a recipe that I came up with on my own. Posted on the website, people were able to see that recipe and make it themselves. But a lot of people were kind of like, uh, I don't want to buy all those you ingredients. Do, you do it for me. And back then, this was not a business. Um, this was just okay. me having fun, looking for a way to simplify getting proper nutrition. And um, and, and if, if you're by, by chance familiar with Joylent or Soylent or Fairtrans or one of those other complete yep. foods, that's kind of where this all started. It was, it was one of those, but for a ketogenic diet. So yeah, I was just playing around with it and people were like, hey, I don't want to buy all the stuff. And can you send me some samples? I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I can. Mm -hmm. I'll, here, I'll just scoop some out of my bag and throw it into a little bag and ship it off. Then more people were like, hey, I want to buy a full 21 meal package. I'm like, okay, I guess I can mix one up for you. And so I added a WooCommerce shopping cart mm -hmm. onto the website and it just kind of started to grow from there. But it was me mixing it up in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Then Miriam was helping out. Then other people were helping out. Then finally it got to the point where we had to find a contract manufacturer, which yeah. is very nice to deal with because they keep track of all of the lot codes and all that other sort of stuff. Um, we just tell them how much we want. We provide them with some of the stuff like the packaging and whatnot, but they do all the pack. They do all the mixing and the packaging and bring it back to us. But it took quite a while. It was more than a year. Probably, yeah. Like a year, year and a half. In order to find someone that we could work with. Yeah. Cause they have to have like a, a minimum quantity ordered mm -hmm. and we were not to the point where we felt like we could sell the amount, the, contract manufacturers wanted for their minimums. And so that I think was the biggest uh, pain point for us was we had to hit those minimums and they're like, Oh, a hundred thousand. No problem. Like, <laughs> but um, I think what we know now about doing a business, if we're ever going to do something else, we would probably um, be not as afraid to go ahead and, and start with one of those, you know, bigger minimums because we would, have um, we've learned a lot and we've learned a lot about you know advertising and and how to yeah. uh, make things move <laughs> in addition to just um, being able to not have the fear to put that money down and just um, just go for it so yeah it's really interesting to hear that that at the beginning you didn't want this to become a business you just uh, figured out or recipe and the whole thing just picked up and uh, also the community joined uh, to this kind of movement right and uh, the whole thing just it was natural because I can see so many e-commerce stores that they spend on ads ads and you know they focus on ads ads all the time they just think about it all the time uh, the the ROAS and all of these numbers and uh, I think if somebody wants to build a solid business and brand then Word of mouth is still the first uh, thing to do. I just read a book uh, on the plane um, last week, and the author said that only 7% of word of mouth happens online. So more oh, really? than 90% happens uh, in casual, friendly conversations in the gym, mm -hmm. in the street, and, you know, 
maybe this number is higher nowadays because the book was written in uh, 2015, I think. I checked it because I was curious. But still, I think offline is is way bigger than online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, It's funny Uh, you say that. We actually started a a kind of a promotion not too long ago where uh, people who ordered over a certain amount, we would actually send them a couple of packets of keto chow um, like you know, this size, a single meal packet yeah. uh, for two of them just for free with a little note that says, hey, keep one of these and give one of these to a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, well, we're, we're hoping that our customers love it so much. And we we actually found this was happening anyway, that people were buying extra packets of keto chow just to give away, mm-hmm. which wow. is pretty surprising um yeah and so we wanted to help i guess uh enable people to do that so that was yeah we were we were giving those away so that specifically so they could share them with friends and we'll have customers who will relate back to us that hey i was talking to this and such friend who's having all these health problems their diabetes is out of control and so i wanted to give them a bunch of keto chow so that they could get it under control and we're like great mm-hmm. so great yeah that's that's great to hear um i think you know more people more companies should try this that uh free samples um i know it takes some uh you know t- some cash to to build out a program like this um but uh, i think that's a that's a great idea as well yeah, yeah. and for us it was when the world melted, mm-hmm. um, we had some inventory that we had anticipated would sell, and it didn't sell because sales went down because of all of the problems with lockdowns and everything. And so we're like, "Hey, why don't we turn around and use these?" So yeah, it's better than throwing them away. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely that's a very, very smart. Yeah. Um, let's talk about fulfillment and uh, COVID times. And I mean, we still have COVID unfortunately, but how did it affect you um, and your fulfillment process? So we have, uh, we do our own fulfillment. We actually do uh, send stuff to Amazon as well, but we do primarily our own fulfillment and it's been good. We told our employees that we, if we had to close, we would, uh, but then we ended up not having to close. We did have to like a couple of weeks, we cut their hours by like two Hours well, a day or something down. like that because the orders were down. But then they picked. Back but up. they picked right back up, and I think I think we just got really lucky. We're blessed that we didn't have too big of a problem. We're seeing more of it, in, you know, now in the mm-hmm. you know excess inventory. And I think one of those one of the problems we had is we actually go to a lot of trade shows, and because the trade shows were cut, that's where the excess inventory mostly came from because. If we didn't okay. sell it at a trade show, we would be giving it away to in the like spy bags and different things and to different um, meetups that lots of people do meetups for keto and then they um, they give away stuff. So we get contacted like mm-hmm. three or four times a month to mm-hmm. give away stuff, which we had allotted already ahead of time. This many of this specific flavor that we're going to give to these things uh, to you know further our business and whatever and to help out. And so that kind of was the inventory that we, we decided to do the giveaway with. But um, other than that, I think we've been really lucky 
that we haven't had as much problems as other businesses. Um, we did go ahead and apply for the PPP loan. Yeah. yeah. And we were able to get that. And so that helped quite a bit uh, with our, for our employees uh, payroll, but I don't know. Is there anything else? Well, of late, it's been interesting that, um, mm -hmm. for instance, we can't, we cannot ship right now to Australia yes. or New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because of, um, the U.S. Postal Service is not accepting packages for either of those destinations. Yeah. Um, that's nothing we can do about that. We've also run mm. into some issues with uh, getting stuff to Europe, specifically the UK, mm -hmm. uh, because of Brexit. Um, we can't. Oh yeah. We can't ship oh, to yeah. the UK right now, right? At all. Yeah. Um, at all. Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting. And that's 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 simply because of Brexit. We would we would need to hire an employee pretty much just to handle the few packages that we have going to that we would have been shipping there, but. On the other hand, uh, we were able to find a partner in Canada, um, Switch Grocery to be specific, mm -hmm. who was absolutely fantastic. Um, in fact, I, I would recommend if, if you want to interview some entrepreneurs mm -hmm. um, and get a Canadian perspective on everything, um, Switch Grocery would be great to talk to. Uh, but they're doing a great job up in Canada, um, and we love working with them. Yep, and they're keto specific as well. They mm -hmm. it's like they're a little shop, and then they get stuff and send it out to different people. Yep. So, yeah, they're great. Uh, another couple of things that we had problems with during um, COVID, we have had a little bit of delays in plastics. Um, like we had some lids we couldn't get a hold of for a minute, um, and then we've had a little one one ingredient that was hard. To get yeah. was magnesium malate, which caused a uh, which caused a problems. pretty big problem for us. But we we're able to kind of get through, and we're still kind of um, fixing some of those problems. But we caught them before it went to like the customer too much, so it's it's been okay. But yeah, some of the shipping delays and some of the ingredient and the you know uh, yeah. packaging has been a little bit of a problem, but I know it's been a bigger problem for other companies. So like I said, I feel like we're, we're blessed that we haven't had too many problems. Yeah, you mentioned these uh, trade shows and live events and uh, do you think the online world can replace these or what's your experience with these? I think in some ways they can. Uh, <clears throat> I think you can reach a, a larger audience um, yes, that's because true. people who are far away can't, often come and they can, you know, afford to go to an online event because they, you know, they're willing to set the time for it. They, they, they don't have that travel expenses, but the one thing that is really good about our product is once you taste it, you can untaste it. Like it's good. It tastes really good. And that sell that, that will sell it, you know, like you taste it and you're like, wow, I did not know a diet product could taste this amazing. And so that's one thing you can't replace, you know, with a virtual um, conference and we've done quite a few virtual conferences um, over COVID time and even right before um, our COVID hit the United States. Uh, super bad. We did one and we still, you know, have gotten sales and stuff from it. And we do appreciate like being able to be part of those and to like help uh, support the community and stuff. But yeah, it's the taste that you can't quite can't quite share. So yeah. So I'm really curious how this process goes when you come up with a taste. Uh, do you try out 100 different tastes or, or you know it at the beginning what you want or how, how does it look like? 
Well, so a lot of them, the flavors that we come up with are Miriam and I are just sitting there. We're like, I don't get it. I want to do blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, like the raspberry cheesecake and chocolate toffee specifically. Miriam said, we're going to make this. Yeah, and um, we did. And we we started with some of the more popular kind of like normal flavors, like uh, orange cream and banana mm -hmm. and chocolate and things like that. And then from there, uh, we've, we've gone into other flavors like, well, apple pie. With apple pie, we I think we tasted three or four different flavors. We're working with a flavor manufacturer yeah. that we okay. they have a list of like flavors that they already have. Yeah. And we're able to look through those and say, hey, can you send me one of these? Can you send me one of those? We can combine them together. Mm -hmm. We can try out different things. Some of them, it just works on the first try. Yeah. Other ones, it requires a bit of mixing or going back and saying, ah, you know, that one wasn't so good. Let's try this other one. And a lot of the, the flavors, we get uh, suggestions from our community. Yeah, we've done some uh, different yeah. polls and stuff and then taken those flavors that they've recommended and then just ask the flavor house for those flavors. And then mm -hmm. we'd still have to tweak a lot, but it's been fun to say, hey, you asked for this and here it is. So that's been really fun. It is nice because the base of what we use to make keto chow, the, the protein and the vitamins and the minerals and all that stuff, tastes pretty good just by itself. Mm -hmm. um, it, it tastes like a, a, a milkshake. And it, so it's very accepting of flavors. And so most of the flavors that we try work fairly well. Mm -hmm. So in that, it's been really nice to do the flavor. <laughs> now, on the other hand, we, we have had two. Let's see. Got one right here and one right here. Uh, we have two flavors. Oh, there we go. Parma yeah. macchiato and Irish cream that we actually had um, some of our friends come up with the flavor formulation. Um, they're influencers in the keto space. And we said, hey, you don't particularly like coffee. You guys do. And you make us some coffee flavors. And so they did. Um, and it took them about a year and a half to uh, get them made. Uh, but some of it's a lot of work and some of it's really easy. Um, yeah, but, sure. But it does take a long time with that whole manufacturing thing that we were talking about earlier. From uh, let's make a flavor to we have it in our hands ready to go. It can take six months, eight months or a year yeah, just to get it going. We have the package design and then you have like the, the manufacturer has to order all of the new ingredients that you that they don't already order. And so that's something that takes a while. And depending on when that's, if that's backlogged at all, like that may take a while. And then you have to get the bag printed and the, the manufacturer has to have it and put it on their schedule. So it does take a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you have blueberry? <laughs> that we do be... not currently have a blueberry <laughs> flavor. That's, yeah. that's one that I've been working on. <laughs> I actually, the first time I tried a blueberry was more than three years ago, and she did not like it. <laughs> okay. So I've, I've still been working on it. Because the uh, reason why I'm asking, because I eat blueberry almost every day, and uh, yeah. I asked people around me if they uh, like blueberry or not, and everyone said they love it. So oh, nice. <laughs> sounds like a winning uh, fruit. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, so... The blueberry that I've messed around with tastes like blueberry yogurt. Yeah, it doesn't taste like the blueberry, like a blueberry. 
So it's like, well, either it needs to be blueberry yogurt or blueberry pie because it kind of has like a little tang to it. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, part of the process. Like you taste it, you're like, what does this really taste like? Like, yeah. is this going to go for this or whatever? And we actually no. do have a lot of our employees will just sit down. Hey, who wants to taste this? What do you think? And then we just pour out all these cups <laughs> and take days and yeah. do it over and over. But it is, it is interesting how long it takes to do a flavor now versus when we very first started and it was just me in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Making each different. Um, I was iterating and changing the formulation and improving things and making new flavors. And it would it would take a day to get it done and, hey, it's ready to go. But um, just because, well, there's some regulatory stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there's yeah. better packaging now. Um, it, it just takes a little bit longer. Plus, when you're a larger company, you have more people. And so mm -hmm. we now need more to, when we, yeah, yeah we, we have to get the marketing ready to go. And we need to get photography. Yep, photography. It's not just me whipping out my phone and taking a picture of the thing and mm -hmm. putting it on the website anymore. So, yeah. It does look better, though. That's true. Now. What are those uh, steps or what were those challenges during this journey? Uh, you know, what were the biggest challenges and uh, things that you are really proud of? Um, for, for example, I'm really curious when uh, you hired the first employee in the company. Hmm. So the first employees that we had were just um, people helping us mix. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we had people helping us do the shipping. Um, I still had a full-time job. I was working as a system administrator for a nonprofit. Um, but, oh, there goes the bong, mm, the clock. Um, anyway, um, as far as hiring other employees and stuff, uh, one of the hardest things was, well, I'm, I'm not a business person. I'm not a marketing person. That's really not my core competency. And so there's been a lot of learning. And yeah. Mary, Miriam isn't either. There's been a lot of learning that we've had to do and figuring out how to market to people because we don't do marketing. Yeah. We just like, we'll, we'll go on a live stream and people will say, Hey, I've got this and such problem. Uh, do you think keto chow will work for me? And it's like, eh, maybe. You know, probably not, but yeah. maybe it will. We're, <laughs> Try it. we're not good marketers. <laughs> and so having finding people who can make up for our inadequacies yeah. has been really that's a been a big challenge mm -hmm. it's been a, a great thing though yep um and i well and so because i'm a networking guy finding people that we can rely on to do say the website it's letting them take over that and me not sticking my hands into yeah, really it hard, right? is yeah. very, very difficult. Um, and now we have, yeah, we have teams that do shipping. We have teams that do video editing, um, teams that do marketing, all of that sort of stuff. And it's art design. It's been Acting. a real interesting learning process and a, it's, it's had a lot of challenges. Uh, we've had missteps along the way where, We've been working with people who did not work out. Some of them we parted with amicably and everything is still good and we're still friends. Other ones, not so much. And that's that's very difficult because, well, especially Miriam doesn't doesn't like that. Yeah, it's hard. 
Yeah. And we just be friends. And sometimes, well, you, if, if, if it's not working out with an employee, you may have to let them go, which is very difficult when you start off a company and all the people that you've hired, you're either family mm -hmm. or you've been friends for 20 years. And it's, it's, it's hard to fire a friend. Yeah, that's an extra thing that, you know, if you start with friends and family members, even uh, regular employees is not easy mm -hmm. to, to uh, you know, when they leave, when they have to leave. But if they are friends, yeah, it's even harder. I totally understand. On the other hand, if they're really good friends, sometimes they make the best employees. Mm -hmm. so, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. And what were the other uh, things, big steps, let's say? Um, that you remember in the last few years? I guess one of the biggest steps was moving the company out of our house mm -hmm. yeah. and into, well, we moved, we've actually moved twice. We moved into a, what we thought was a really large mm -hmm. warehouse and office area um, that lasted what? Two years. Yeah, about two years. No, 2016 to 2019. So it was three years. Um, Years. Yeah. So two and a half. We'll, we'll split the difference. <laughs> um, but that, and we, at the time, we thought that we would never fill that up. Yeah. It took us a and minute. Then, and then we, uh, we got into this space that we're in here and it was the, the lease was a 10 year lease. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a big commitment. That's a big leap of faith, you could say. Um, yeah. Decide, hey, we're going to, we're going to commit to well we think this is going to be a viable business for a long time and i guess there's there's some statistics about um how long most most businesses fail in the certain first two years and yeah. like years yeah and i i think we passed that point i think we're this is a a winner but it still is every once in a while it's kind of like this is a job. This is a yeah. business. This this was a hobby. Like, no, it, it's it's that was a, a big, big step to get that space to hire employees mm -hmm. to build out the. We actually, not long after we got this space, we picked up the warehouse next to it. Mm -hmm. So we actually have two rather large um, places, and a lot of companies when they're starting off. Well, we didn't know that this was even an option, but they'll use um, kind of a, a managed fulfillment center, center where you just give them all the stuff. And it's kind of like Amazon. You you tell them to ship off orders and they ship them off and you don't have to have all the employees. Um, but having the employees here and owning the experience, the mm -hmm. customer service and the fulfillment experience is a big deal for us because we we like to think that we run our business the way we want other companies mm -hmm. that we buy stuff from to run their business so it's like if i have a problem with an order how how is the interaction with customer service is it is it easy is it difficult okay if it's easy i want that's how i want our customer service to run and, and yeah. up until about two and a half years ago it, it was me doing all the customer service even when we were in this current location. And so if someone had a problem, they would, you know, contact us and it was actually going to me. 
and finding employees that I could put my trust in that I was like, they're doing as good of a job. They, they're as invested with the, mm -hmm. the helping the customers. That was, that was a difficult thing to find. I think we've got it. And if we were using an outsourced customer service, they don't know if that would work quite so well. They just wouldn't care as much, I think. And it's the same thing with the fulfillment. Um, using an outsourced yeah. fulfillment. Well, it's it, nice because it, you don't have to do it. But yes. then you're not able to do it. And so by by owning the relationship with the customer, um, and that I think that gives us a, a really good place to work from. And well, they, and it goes back to our our community that we've just kind of grown um, on the Facebook group, on the subreddit, things like that. That um, we're able to interact with the customers. We do the live stream every day, and we we like to have that community for people to rely on to help them on their health journey. Yeah, very interesting and. Um... That's what I also wanted to ask. So in your opinion, what's the secret of loyal customers? I think you already mentioned two for sure. The hit? I don't know the answer. <laughs> well, I think the, the answer to loyal customers is yeah, treating them well, treating them the way that you want to be treated, you know, is really what it comes down to. Um, having a good product also mm -hmm. that when we truly believe in our product, um, we made the product because it was something that we needed. It just so happens that it's something that other people needed as well. Um, we don't use fancy marketing. We don't, well, I mean, we have the Harmon Brothers ads, but we like to use honest marketing, I guess would be another way to say it. We like to, yeah. um, I have no idea who that is calling me. Oh, that's my son. Um, but Anyway, um, we we like to. Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, we we like to give them a genuine good product that works well, and tastes great, and then have a community that they can interact with. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, summary for everyone. And uh, when I listened to your words, what came to my mind is a book. Uh, I think it's Zappos Delivering Happiness. Hmm. And it's a great book on uh, customer uh, service, customer support and fulfillment and why it should be in the hands of the, not the business owner necessarily, but, you know, uh, it should be in the core of the business. What they do, uh, Zappos, they sell uh, shoes and... Uh, every new hire, they have to start at the customer support as an agent for at least two weeks. Ah. And uh, they That's get a good idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's very, very smart. And uh, they have certain, you know, values as well that they have to uh, follow. Um, but I think this is, this is the exceptional idea that uh, everyone has to start as a customer agent for a few weeks. <laughs> well, that, that way, you know, the product and all that sort of stuff. You know the customer pain points. Yeah, right? we, we usually start our test, our employees out um, shipping out product. Mm -hmm. which is, yeah. And then the warehouse. Yeah. Warehouse. Kind of similar. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I have one more question. So is there any person, expert, coach who you really look up to and you learned a lot from that person? Uh, well, I know that I have really enjoyed Atomic Habits. I don't know if that's something that would help. Um, James Clear wrote the book Atomic Habits, and um, he talks a lot about, you know, how just the small little things can make such a big difference over time. And we've tried to incorporate um, a little bit of that into our business. I know when we're working with our employees, too, if they feel like they're um, cared about and and everything that they seem to perform well also. So I don't know, that's somebody I really look up to. Mm-hmm. I, I Again, I'm not a businessman. I'm not a marketing guy. And so like, I only know who Tony Ro- Robbins is because I was at a conference once and he was in the conference room above us with about 60,000 people and they were jumping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And they were actually dislodging tiles from the ceiling, and they came crashing down wow, and landed on scary. a of empty chairs. It was mm-hmm. it was pretty crazy, but yeah, I I don't have any that I could specifically call out to. Unfortunately, I mean Tony Robbins is is good enough. <laughs> I mean, I I it's on my bucket list to okay. go one of to one of his events, but you know now it's coronavirus still, so it's hard. Um, so it was good overall. You enjoyed it. It was useful. Well, I was I was in a, uh, a a class at the time, so I wasn't even in the seminar that he was giving. I was ah, okay. okay, okay, I was below them. You just saw the tile fall. <laughs> I just saw the stuff falling, and I was like, mm-hmm. "What?" The ah, okay, heck I is see. Going <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one last question. So, if anyone wants to find your brand, where they should go? What's the website? What's the Facebook group? How they can find you? So our website is ketochow.xyz, which is kind of weird. You can also go to tryketochow.com. Mm-hmm. That works as well. We have a Facebook page that's just Keto Chow. We have a Reddit that's Keto Chow. And yeah. uh, our YouTube channel is Keto Chow. Yep. If you search for, oh, there it is, Keto Chow. K-E-T-O-C-H-O-W. Yeah, you'll find it. We've been online for a long time. Even without a lot of search engine optimization, Hey, we show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also we will use these, we will put these links into the description so anyone can find these. I also have a few friends on keto diet, so I'm sure some people will uh, look it up. And uh, thanks everyone who listened to us today. And thanks Chris and Miriam for being here today. It was a really interesting story with a lot of, lot of insights and uh who you know everyone who listened to us today uh stay tuned because every week we come uh with new podcast episodes thank you hope you enjoyed this episode of the ecom show podcast if you want to learn more about e-commerce retention marketing check out our facebook group called top three percent e-commerce email marketing or check out our website thebudaimedia.com The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.